0: Welcome back to the Healthcare Analytics Podcast. If you have been following, we've been going along this journey of talking about data modeling and specific data models and algorithms that are used in data science. So follow along with us on this journey of talking about data science and data models. In the previous episode, I talked about some fundamental principles that you need to know about data science. I talked about supervised versus unsupervised learning, about what classification algorithms are and what regression algorithms are. And then I talked about how you can use specific uh, methods in order to make sure that your model is accurate and if it holds true. And so we talked about the difference between what training data is and testing data. So if you have any questions about those specific topics, feel free to go back to the previous episode to talk about these foundational principles that I'm going to touch on in these next episodes. And I'm going to expand on what we talked about two episodes ago when it came to linear regressions because I'm going to now talk about polynomial regressions. And oftentimes in most textbooks when it comes to data science or statistics, it totally glosses over polynomial regression because it is essentially uh, very similar to linear regression. What I'm trying to say is that linear regression, as we talked about before, is essentially a line through a series of dots that are plotted on two axes. But a polynomial regression is essentially a curved line through a series of plots that is trying to find a fit and a pattern that can change over time. And so I'm going to talk about specific ways that polynomial regressions are used in our everyday lives that affect uh, the ways that we make decisions. So if somebody comes to you and they say, hey, I've worked on this specific model and it's based on a polynomial regression, All you have to know in your mind is, oh, all this is is a regular regression with a curve in it or a few different curves. And polynomial regressions can look in many different ways. It can look like an S curve where it starts off very, very slow at the bottom and then it explodes and then it caps out. You can also have it be like a snake or a wave pattern that has specific measures over a a given number of time. It can also look like a bell curve, right? And so it can look like, for example, if you're measuring IQ of a specific population, then you can take a polynomial regression and you can say, well, there are very, very few people who are on the one side of the bell curve, and then there are very, very intelligent people on the other side, but most of the individuals fall in the middle. And so, all of these can use polynomial distributions and polynomial regressions in order to show these results. And mathematically, this is how a polynomial regression works that is different from a linear regression. A linear regression is fundamentally based on uh, the the formula for drawing a line on a chart, right? So, it's, it's based on the mx plus b equals Y formula that we all learned in middle school or high school. But a polynomial regression adds in another series of calculations depending on the kind of polynomial regression that adds a curve or a rate of change to that specific line. So that rate of change could be different depending on what you're looking at and what you're trying to fit within your data But essentially, that's what it is, is essentially it's an expansion on a linear regression to give it a curve based on specific formulas or specific items within that formula. But one of the things that you need to know is that the readouts for a linear regression are almost the same as a polynomial regression. So what I'm trying to say is that if you have a coefficient, a standard error, you know what a P value is and you know what an R-squared statistic is, then you can know how to read and understand a linear regression as well as a polynomial regression because all of these same kinds of ideas and or concepts, hold true for both kinds of regressions. And and that's the same with any regression. There's many kinds of regressions, but the most common are linear regressions and polynomial regressions. In my mind, a linear regression works if you're just talking about a linear relationship. And so if something changes, then something else will change to that same effect over a given number of time or at extremes. But what a polynomial regression does is it looks at those extremes or those off cases, and it says, well, with these off cases or these rare results, do we have a change in our regression? So without going further into the weeds about what a polynomial regression is, how you can calculate it, I'm going to go into some examples of everyday lives that you see polynomial regressions. And most textbooks, most pieces of information will gloss over polynomial regressions because they just take it for granted. They say, oh, this is just kind of the same as a linear regression, so you don't really need to know it. But the truth is is that many of the algorithms and formulas that we use to make decisions are based on polynomial regressions, meaning that the, the data models or the models that we have in our head are often using polynomial regressions and we just don't know it. Like, for example, if somebody talks about the progress of humanity over time, what are they really talking about? Well, most likely they're talking about the economic productivity of industry over time. And so if you look at that, starting from, let's say, the Industrial Revolution to today, it's going to be a polynomial regression. And that's the same for if you look at, for example, wages, it may have an S-curve involved to where... Before the Industrial Revolution, everybody was essentially earning the same for, let's say, the last 2,000 years, but then it exponentially went up, right? And so that exponential result makes your curve or your curve go exponential or make it look like it's going to go on forever. But then if you look at some studies in the past, let's say, 20 years, what they're arguing is that for the average person, the average amount of wages is capping out. And so you have an S curve there that you're looking at. And so what people are wondering is, can we stack up S curves on top of each other and essentially extend human progress over time? And if we stick to technological progress, for example, then you will see that these kinds of polynomial regression patterns are very, very common because nothing necessarily goes up in a straight line, as they say. And so you always have rate of changes when you are talking about things when it comes to the extremes. And that's the same with a bell curve, right? If you were looking at human intelligence or if you're looking at operating performance of specific companies, you will have some companies that are on the very, very far right of the bell curve who are outperforming everybody else. Then you have the average, and then you have the very, very low performers that are very, very few, but still can survive in a specific market. And if you look closely, then you can start to understand that most relationships aren't linear, but they are polynomial, meaning that there is a rate of change built into that relationship that is very, very difficult to identify at first, but over time or on the extremes, you can start to see those relationships change. Because if if you look at, for example, an individual who was born in the late 80s or early 90s, who's let's say a millennial, right? I can say, oh great, like technology has always increased every single year that I've been born. But if I don't have history on each side, then I can't know that somebody who was born in the Roman period would say, well, my average wage was just about the same as somebody who was born 500 years after, like, let's say the birth of Christ. But there is some point at which that relationship went parabolic, right? And it went exponential. And so for the past, let's say 150 years, it's gone in a seemingly line straight up, although that's not necessarily true. And there are countless other examples that I can explain about how there's rate of change built into a relationship. So for example, if you look at how radioactive something is, then there's a half-life built into it. And so if you look at that half-life, then you'll understand that, for example, in Chernobyl, right now, 30 years afterwards, since the half-life is about 30 years, in 1986, it had the full potential of radiation. But now, since it's more than 30 years afterwards, then it's half as powerful as it was when Chernobyl happened in the, in the first place. And so over time, the rate of change that half-life is affecting the total number of radiations or the amount of radiation so that it's decreasing in half every 30 years. And this is the same for a lot of things. You can have performance, right? And so that 80-20 rule of 20% of the people make up 80% of the economic output, well, that 80-20 rule can essentially be plotted out on a polynomial distribution. And you can show progress with technology. So, for example, there's this thing called Moore's Law that it It says that the amount of computational power essentially doubles every two years, and so if you bought a computer two years ago for that same cost, you can get two times more computational power or memory and I can go on and on about the different examples that you can see in real life about the nonlinear relationships that are built into our everyday lives um when it comes to cost, when it comes to the ways that uh, we build our habits and many other things. Now that we understand polynomial regressions and how it is at the foundation of statistics and how people make decisions, I'm going to now help you understand how to set up a polynomial regression in a way that can help you make better decisions for you, for your team, and for your organization. I'll first begin by saying that you need to make sure that the specific factors and or fields that you're looking at are relevant to the relationship that you want to build. One of the things I like to do if I feel like there is a relationship between two fields within my data set, then I will, first of all, run a linear regression and say, hey, is this relationship linear? Because that linear regression will at least be able to plot out the relationship between the two and help me understand if there is a strong correlation between them or not. Once I understand that there may be a strong correlation between them, then I will start to plot it on a polynomial regression. So I'll first begin with a linear regression because I'm not sure if this relationship is linear or if there is a rate of change built into that relationship. So I will look at the things we talked about two episodes ago, and I will look at my p value, I'll look at my r squared, I'll look at my coefficient and understand if there is a potential for a positive relationship or a negative relationship between the two factors that I'm looking at. Once I run it as a linear regression, and I see, physically see that within the plots that I'm charting out, and I put a line through it, that there is a rate of change at specific areas, then I'll say, okay, maybe we can run a polynomial regression based on this data. And beyond running a regression model in, let's say, Excel or Python, what I like to do even before I start to run that regression model is just take those two relationships and plot it on a scatter chart, right? So I will put one field as a factor on my x-axis and one field as a factor on my y-axis, and then I can physically see and with Excel or really any other data visualization tool, you can literally plot out a trend chart within that data set to know if it is uh, a viable relationship. And so if there is a curve In there, then I can start to know, I can say, well, these plots here tend to go up and they tend to veer off of this linear regression, which is a straight line. And so then in Excel, what you can do is you can change that that relationship, or you can change that line from a linear line to a polynomial line. And I'm not going to go into the details of how you can do that in Excel, but if you just look up polynomial regression Excel, then you can look up and you can understand how to build out a polynomial regression or a curved line within the plots that you have. So I'll do that. I will first plot it out, then I'll run a linear regression to see if there's a relationship there. I will see if there's a correlation between them. And then I will look at my R squared so that I can understand if there is an explanatory power between the two. So if one affects the other, then my R squared statistic will tell me that a variance in one will affect the other in a specific way. The same is with my residual standard error. I'm going to want to know that there is a small error, uh, residual error within them so that I know that I have a good fit for my model. After I get my linear regression all set up, then I just move towards building out a polynomial regression based on the data that I already have. And so I will build out that polynomial regression either in Excel or most likely in Python. Because in Python, I can run through a series of data models all at once once I've imported my data. And so I will first start and I will say, okay, what does the readout for a linear regression look like? And then I will go down in matplotlib and then I will type out the specific functions that I need to get me a polynomial regression. And it will give me a readout that I can then understand to say, okay, I'm on the right path. If there is a relationship between the two fields that I'm using, then what I will do is then I will then dig deeper and ask myself, well, why is there a relationship here? And why is there, for example, a explanatory power of 30%? So if one factor moves by 30%, the other one will move likewise, or it will have an effect on each other. And so I will ask myself just logically, why is this the case and how does this happen? After I start to ask myself a series of these different questions, then I will then try to introduce and try to test out my model on a different set of data. And the reason why is because I want to know that my polynomial regression will work uh, with a different set of data. And what I'm doing is I'm using training data to train my specific model, and then I am implementing a set of testing data so that I can know if I get the same results for the training data and for the testing data. This makes sure that my data model has the right kind of rigor to withstand new data that is coming in for those fields. And giving an example in healthcare, let's say that you find out that there is a relationship between amount of turnover in a specific team and the team's performance. Then you can start to ask, okay, I see that there is a relationship between turnover and performance to where if the average team member on a specific team has had a tenure of over a year, that their performance within that team tends to go up. And likewise, that team's overall performance goes up because everybody is more experienced. But if you have a team where individuals are inexperienced, then you're going to have a lower level of performance. And this is very common in many, many roles when it comes to technical roles, when it comes to professional roles, et cetera, is that there is a time frame in which somebody ramps up and they ramp up and they become proficient at that role. And that level of proficiency and learning allows them to help their team members perform at a higher level. And so as you have team members who are becoming more proficient, then the team becomes better as a whole. But there becomes a point to where the team is as proficient as it would like to be or it can be, and then the operational ability and or performance caps out. And so for that specific team, it essentially flatlines at the top end once you have a tenure of, let's say, four or five years to where the average tenure for a specific team is four or five years. Everybody's essentially comfortable, and they're going to do essentially the same thing day over day, uh, week over week, etc., And you see this in many different roles from nurse nurses to uh, mid-level managers to even teachers and firefighters and officers is that their learning curve at the very, very beginning is uh, very sharp, but they're able to withstand that learning curve and increase their performance over time. But then there becomes a point to where It maxes out and it just levels out. And so if you look at that over a series of time, then you can say, okay, if I have a polynomial regression or polynomial distribution and I can look at the data, then that essentially looks like an S curve where those with a high turnover have lower performance and those with a very, very low turnover have higher performance, but over time it's capped out or it maxes out. And that S-curve, you can see in a lot of different things. And it's essentially built into nature, how humans act, and many, many other things. And as a leader, you can take advantage of that, right? And so if you can look at your performance of your team over time and you can say, well, I have these individuals on my team that the average tenure is, let's say, three years. But I know that statistically, the operational ability and or performance of my team is going to max out if the average tenure is five years. So what if I move these two different people to other teams so that they can learn other things? And so if you move individuals around between different teams, then their performance can essentially increase over time so that they are able to learn more and be able to advance in ways that they wouldn't have been able to advance if they stayed on one team. There are many other ways that you can look at statistics and polynomial regressions as far as how to improve your leadership ability, how to improve your team and your organization. But fundamentally, one of the most important things is to understand that polynomial regressions are built into a lot of the decisions and a lot of the concepts that are provided to us on a daily basis. And so if we can start to understand that there are relationships between specific indicators and or specific metrics, and we can start to tease that out so that we can become a better leader and a better practitioner. And what I mean by practitioner is specifically that there are specific ways that we can explore new ways of doing things. And one of the ways to do that is through experimentation and through data analysis. And if you are able to experiment more, then you are able to at the very least become a better leader and become a better scientist because the foundation of science is essentially statistics or it is at least one of the foundations. If you don't know statistics, then it's very, very difficult to know science. And so if you are working with a lot of scientists and or a lot of practitioners in healthcare, then one of the good tools to have under your belt is statistics because all all of science essentially runs on statistics. All of math does. A lot of software on the back end runs off of statistics. And going into the future, this will be more so the case. And the leaders who understand statistics will be able to differentiate themselves from the leaders who don't. So if, for example, you read an article from, let's say, the Harvard Business Review or the Wall Street Journal, then you're going to say, hey, that's an interesting finding. Now, let me experiment that for myself. Let me see if that works in my own case. And that ability to experiment for yourself is so powerful because you don't have to take for granted somebody else's study. And you can start to understand the nuances between the specific findings if you can run your own experiments. And understanding statistics and understanding data science at this level can help you run your own experiments. And that's what I'm trying to explain in this specific series of episodes, is that If you can understand statistics, if you can understand data models, then you can essentially use these data models to run your own experiments. And if you can run your own experiments, then you can be a much better leader because you can understand what is going on at the data level and start to implement your specific findings into the ways that you lead and make decisions. And this doesn't have to be difficult, right? You can probably even find the resources within your organization and find the statisticians and or individuals who enjoy statistics and help them run better experiments. And so you can utilize people within your organization or even outside of your organization to run the experiments and to develop the understanding you need to be a better leader. If you have any questions about data modeling, regressions, polynomials, distributions, you can reach out to us at podcast at ArcosAnalytics.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at ArcosAnalytics.com. Likewise, you can always find us on LinkedIn and Twitter if you want to reach out to us there. And if you could and are listening on iTunes or Spotify or any other podcasting service, please give us a five-star review as we're trying to grow this podcast further than we already have within this year. Thanks, and we will talk to you later.